1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from Remax Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Now, we begin today with the release of ARIA's housing report and the 10 key action items intended to have a long-lasting impact on the province's housing supply. Asif? Thanks, Tina. And joining us to discuss is Ontario Real Estate Association CEO, Tim Hudak. Tim, welcome back to On The Market. Oh, of course. Awesome. Tina, thanks for having me back on. Tim, a really busy time for you guys at Aria and the release of this report. Tell our listeners a little bit about this report and the reason behind it. Yeah, you bet. Um, well, well, look, we, we need to make sure as we begin 2024 that we have uh, a big effort to build homes in Ontario that average hardworking Canadians can actually afford, to, to raise their family, a place of security and comfort, their, their greatest investment. And while the province has made a lot of good progress, I want to make sure that 2024 will see us make great strides in getting those homes built. So this past week, I did a press conference at uh, Queen's Park, and we laid out a plan of bold action to build those homes. Okay, so let's talk about that plan and those 10 action items that Aria is suggesting could alleviate some of the pressure on supply in housing. Well, here's the, the good news, Tina. That plan is already out there, and we're encouraging the government to have the courage to put these tools in the toolbox. So let me explain what I mean. In, in 22, uh, the Premier, uh, Doug Ford, announced a housing affordability task force, and I had the honour of sitting on that task force, ASIF interviewed me uh, at the time, and we put out a report on how we could build 1.5 million homes over 10 years. So what we did, and you can see this uh, at orea.com, O-R-E-A.com, we went through that report, Tina. There were 55 recommendations in that report, and I'm happy to say back that we found that 76% of those recommendations have either been already implemented by the Ford government or are underway. That's really good news. And then we focus on the report of what's not been done yet and say, don't forget about these tools as well. They'll get us over the finish line. That's awesome. And and how are we doing with respect to the number of homes that are being built? I mean, we're starting to see earlier this week, the report came out from the Toronto Real Estate Board that listing inventory was up about 8.5%, but sales were up 37% for January over January of last year. How are we doing in terms of supply? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. It's really uh, the essential point to ask. I, I, I feel optimistic about the year ahead, you know, more buyers coming into the market, uh, some more inventory. But as you just pointed out from Treb's report, I think at the bottom line is we're going to still have a lot more buyers circling a limited number of homes. And that's why we called on the provincial government to work with municipalities and get more supply into the marketplace. I'm optimistic for another reason. The government did bring forward four uh, pieces of legislation to get more homes built faster. Maria had a, a lot of say in what was contained in those bills. And as a result, 2021 and 2022 were the two best years for building new homes 
and purpose-built rentals than we've seen in 30 years. So that was a really good shot out of the gate. Now, things did slow down in 23. When interest rates went up, buildings slowed down. But if they do these things we recommend, we can get more homes out there for the buyers. And I'll give you one, one example off the top, and that's ending exclusionary zoning across the province. We've seen that happening now in some municipalities, Toronto and Mississauga, London, for example. But we want to see it province-wide. And what does that mean? That means that if you tear down, say, a wartime bungalow in, in Richmond Hill or Whitby, that you should be able to replace that with a larger home if you want for your family. But if you wanted to have a duplex or a triplex or townhouses on that property, more homes that first-time buyers could get, we want to see that happen. And we're calling for government to make that happen as a rule across the province, not just some municipalities. And how can zoning support commercial to residential conversions? Yeah, great, great question, Tina. That's also uh, on our list of our 10 recommendations. The reality is, as we've moved to uh, an environment where you're not always in the office all the time, there's excess commercial space. So how can we actually convert some of that excess commercial space into residential units or mixed-use commercial and residential? This is particularly important on transit lines, whether that's a subway or LRT or GO lines. So, Tina, in our report, we say that the province should allow, as of right, the ability to convert those commercial properties into mixed-use or residential and to be able to go as high as 6 to 11 stories along transit lines. That makes sense for the environment, and it's going to be good for first-time buyers and empty nesters. And, Tim, when you're talking about affordability, one of the main factors that's jeopardizing that is the development charges and you have some recommendations to help alleviate some of those development charges. Yeah, we, we really, look, uh, it really got out of control, Asif, and, and in some municipalities, development charges are as high as $120,000 before you put the first shuffle in the ground. And so what does that do? Well, that drives up the price out of reach of first-time home buyers. So the province has delivered. They've actually lowered development charges by order on municipalities for affordable units, whether that's affordable housing, whether that's for lower-cost homes, good. But municipalities still are bringing a lot of development charges, and they're not reinvesting it back into the community. A recent study by C.D. Howe, the think tank in Toronto, said that municipalities had $4 billion in revenues and development charges, but didn't spend half of that. So either get those charges down or put that money back into water, sewer, recreation, roads, and transit. Asif mentioned earlier that um, home sales were up in January by 37% compared to the same time last year. And the Toronto Star has suggested that it's no longer a buyer's market. Do you agree? And then what do you have or what advice do you have then for buyers out there right now? I'm certainly hearing that from, from realtors all over the province, whether in, in Durham or you know Toronto, Ottawa, uh, even the smaller towns. There are more uh, buyers who are in advanced stage who have been patiently waiting for interest rate stability. And now that we've seen uh, interest rates have stabilized, with talk of them even going down later this year, a lot more buyers who are ready to buy have entered the marketplace. That means there are a lot more multiple offers happening as well. That's good. Real estate activity creates a lot of jobs out there. But it also means for those buyers, it's going to be a competitive environment. So make sure you work with a realtor. Use a real estate professional who knows that neighbor who's going to have your back be your greatest advocate. You don't want to leave any money on the table. 
That's the best way to make sure you get the home that you want at a price you can afford to have that person at your side, one of Ontario's great trained professional realtors. And Tim, something that you and I have been talking about for maybe four or five years, and it, it seems to be coming up all the time, but land transfer tax, what are the recommendations uh, and, and what can we do about that? Yeah, let me, I appreciate all the, all the time here, Asif and, and Tina. I'll give you two more that are on our list. Again, they can see it at aria.com on how to get more homes built by just taking bold action. So when it comes to land transfer tax, that tax is a, it is a killer. It raises the price of, of homes, and you have to have cash on hand. It's particularly punishing in the city of Toronto that has the double land transfer tax. So we're calling on the province to eliminate that tax or at least reduce it, tar- starting with first-time home buyers. What's happening, Asif, is that in some municipalities, particularly Toronto, people will say, if I want to upgrade my home and move a few streets over, I get hit with this whopping new tax of tens of thousands of dollars, so they, they stay in their home. And then that starter home doesn't become available for a new young family. So that's why eliminating or reducing land transfer tax is important. And the other one I want to highlight we need to fix uh, is the Ontario Land Tribunal. Uh, this is an important body in Ontario. It makes sure that we're playing by the rules, both those building homes and municipalities. But there are too many uh, backlogs. And as if there are a lot of NIMBYs who don't want to see any homes built, they don't care about the next generation, they use that to bog down projects, drive up their costs, and chase them out of town. That land tribunal should be like the courts, where they can award costs uh, against losing parties, as well as damages against those who are using vexatious or frivolous uh, means or intentionally delaying projects when it's not really about the merits. Those powerful tools will ensure that they can call uh, these decisions down the middle and clear them up much faster. Speaking of future generations, and I've heard you use this term before, is the dream of home ownership still possible for those future generations? Yeah, absolutely. The, the dream is, is, is still alive in the hearts of, of Ontarians. We, we pull on this regularly, Tina, and we find that uh, people, uh, young people today, people that are trying to get in the housing market, are just as determined because they see it as a smart investment, they see it as a place of their, their fondest memories, and they're not giving up. Here's also why I'm optimistic. Now that interest rates are stabilized and coming down, I think that's going to be very helpful for uh, buyers because lower mortgages right, mean you can get more home uh, or even qualify in the first place. And most importantly, we have ideas on the table today. The tools are there in the toolbox, Tina, to actually go out and help people build more homes that average hardworking Canadians can afford. What we try to do with our report in the press conference at Queen's Park this past week is say have the courage to use those tools. Don't leave them in the toolbox. Pick them up, use them, and get those homes built. The answers are right there in front of us. And Tim, before we let you go, when you're speaking of a toolbox, one of my favorite conferences to pick up some of these tools is the Reality Conference, and yours is coming up. The Ontario Real Estate Association is putting it on in Ottawa this year. Tell our listeners a little bit about where they can find information and how they can register, because this is open not just to realtors, but the public as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Whether you're in, in real estate, you're a fan of real estate, you're a buyer, a seller, this conference is for you. It's called the Reality Conference. You can see uh, more of it, uh, more details at realityconference.ca. Again, realityconference.ca. Going to be in Ottawa on March 6th to 7th. 
And uh, one of our uh, guest speakers, I think it's going to be very inspiring, is Magic Johnson. Yep, mm-hmm. Magic Johnson, the legendary Hall of Fame basketball player, coach, and manager. He's been very successful uh, as since leaving sports as an investor and real estate investor. So you can get some strategies from him when it comes to investments. We also have Damon John. You might know him from Shark Tank. He started the FUBU brand, uh-huh. uh, an entrepreneur who came from a very modest uh, family in New York City to become a, a leading entrepreneur and spokesperson in North America. He'll inspire you with his story as well. We have real estate uh, coaches uh, taking the stage uh, from all across North America, uh, top coaches, and as well, CEOs from uh, Rebax, uh, Sotheby, sorry, uh, Rebax, uh, Royal LePage, uh, Bosley, and uh, Exit. They're going to give their firsthand insight on where the market's going on our stage at Reality, March 6 and 7. Sounds great. I look forward to seeing you there, Tim, and thank you for your time. We look forward to having you on again. Asif, you're always there. Look forward to seeing you March 6th and 7th, and thanks for having me back on On The Market. After the break, real estate and romance. This is On The Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties, with today's next guest, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us again is Benji Katchen from Wahi. Benji, welcome back. Thanks very much. Good to be here. Benji, your latest report says that couples that buy homes together stay together. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. We thought it would be fun for Valentine's Day (laughs) to look at the romantic uh, interest of buying homes together. And it actually quite surprised us, but we found that 77% 77% of Canadian homeowners say they bought their home with their romantic partner. And that's not a strain on the relationship? <laughs> we thought it would be, but quite surprisingly, actually, uh, one of our key findings is that uh, there's way more homebinding harmony than we ever expected. We actually found that those who bought their home with a partner were actually about 10 times as likely to, stay, to say it actually helped the relationship than to say it made it worse. Wow. And nearly half of the respondents in BC said that it improved their relationship. A hundred percent. We actually found that uh, it improved the relationship. Uh, we surveyed Canadians uh, coast to coast. Uh, the largest province with improvement was uh, BC, followed by 46% in Atlantic Canada. It's a little lower in Ontario, uh, but that didn't mean that it actually harmed the relationship in Ontario. In Ontario, more people were just a little bit more neutral about it than positive or negative. And what did the survey show in terms of men compared to women? Uh, One of the other surprises we found is that men actually uh, found it improved the relationship uh, more than women. 41% of men said that uh, home buying helped the relationship, and only 28% of women did that. Uh, I don't know why that is, uh, but uh, that's what the survey says. And there was 3% or so that said it actually put a lot of strain on the relationship. What was that based on? Was it financial or other, other aspects? Uh, it, the, the biggest strain that it caused, and it was only for, as you said, 3% assets, so a very, very small proportion. We surveyed 1,504 people, across, 1,508 people across the country, 
and only 3% said it put a strain on the relationship. But yes, the biggest reason was uh, it was a financial strain. Are you surprised by the results? Because I got to say, I am a little bit. Uh, we were very surprised. Uh, you know, there were many surprises in this survey. Uh, we wanted to get a sense. Uh, we thought that maybe uh, with the trend to having a little bit less marriage, et cetera, uh, that perhaps there'd be a greater percentage of people buying houses on their own or maybe buying, you hear a lot of things about people co-buying with a friend or with an extended family, but that's not what we found at all. The biggest surprise we found was that 77% of all home buyers across the country bought their home with their romantic partner. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting, and uh, we thought that that was a good snippet uh, to release for Valentine's Day uh, that's uh, coming around the corner next week. And could it be that the strains of having a place on your own could be greater than being able to share those expenses and costs and move in with someone that you love? Did that have a, a big play in this uh, as to why it helped the relationship? I think so. I think that often homeownership is a milestone in relationships. So once people are secure in their relationship, uh, the next step uh, historically has been, okay, well, maybe we're going to have a family together and we need a nest or a place to call our own. And it's certainly more affordable to buy something with two incomes rather than one. And was there also this agreement or harmony in regards to the type of property to purchase or the budget or even location? It's very interesting that you ask that because uh, we surveyed the Canadians as well. And again, uh, we actually found that uh, overwhelmingly Canadian couples agreed on the key decisions involving buying a home. For example, uh, they were most likely to say they agreed with their partner on the type of property to purchase. 94% said they agreed on what type of property to purchase. Another 94% actually valued the proximity to a good school. Uh, And uh, the thing that they were least likely to see eye-to-eye on was location and budget, although the overall level of agreement remained high. It was still 86 and 85% respectively. So uh, surprisingly, uh, we thought there would be a little bit more disagreement, but really uh, Canadians are buying their house with a romantic partner, and they're largely agreeing on what they want to buy, where they want to buy it, and and how they want to buy it and how much they want to pay for it. Benji, as we look at across Canada, what was the province with the highest level of satisfaction for partners purchasing home versus lowest? Uh, The highest level of satisfaction of those buying a a home was BC and the lowest was Saskatchewan and uh, all of the other provinces fitted in the middle of that. Love your reports. Always interesting and uh, always great to have you on, Benji. We look forward to having you on again. But before we go, if our listeners want to read the full report, where can they find it? So they can find the full report at wahi.com, W-A-H-I.com. And they can also uh, download the Wahi app from the iOS or Android store. Awesome. Thank you very much. And we look forward to getting you on next month again. Okay, wonderful. Thanks for having me. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market. Your questions for Asif Khan are next, and we start in Markham. 
John has this question for you, Asif. He owns a condo, which he currently has rented. He plans to list the property in the spring, but wants to know if he should evict his tenant and does he have the right to do so? Well, if the tenant has a lease, you don't have the right to do so. The tenant has full rights to stay as long as the lease is valid. And even after that, if you're trying to evict a tenant, you have to have either the original owner or someone from their family moving in. Or if you're selling it, then the new buyer has to declare that they're going to be living in the place. So it, it's not as easy as you think to evict the tenant in the it, when you're trying to sell your property. So you have to make sure that the new buyer is willing to take on the tenant or the new buyer is willing to sign to say that they are going to be moving in personally or somebody from their family, immediate family, will be moving in. Is it easier to sell the condo with the tenant or without? It's easier to sell without, and there's going to be uh, some forms that you're going to have to fill out just to make the buyer comfortable that they can get vacant possession. You're going to have to deal with the tenant to make sure that you're providing the cash for keys, and that means that sometimes tenants need to be paid to leave, and the form, the N11 and the N12 forms stipulate all of the things that are necessary for a landlord to do when evicting a tenant, and, and then you may have to pay as little as one month's extra rent to them, or it could even be a a little bit more. We've seen a lot of horror stories where people have had to pay upwards of $30,000. Now, every situation is different. Uh, Not to say that in this situation it would be a $30,000 cash for keys, but there could be something involved. It's actually best to get a paralegal or a lawyer involved to handle all the paperwork properly. And what is the state of the rental market these days? Is it really um, an issue right now of inventory for for rental properties? It really is. There's not a lot of inventory, huge demand. And although rental properties are sitting on the market a little bit longer, there's still huge demand for rental properties if they're priced correctly. And they are commanding a lot more than what they did over the last year or two years. So that's why the landlords are looking at this with the interest rates going up and you know, some a lot of landlords aren't even breaking even right now. So they're looking at selling these properties, but it's hard to sell when you have a tenant in place. Next question. Marta from King writes, how does she begin her search for a multifamily home? From your experience, Asif, do these types of properties exist or should she pre- be prepared to invest and renovate? Asif, what do you think? Well, they, they do exist. And right now there's so much demand for multifamily homes because people moving in with their parents or their children. So there is a lot of demand for them. So they're, they're few and far between right now on the market. There will be more inventory hitting the market for spring. However, be prepared and you may not have to pay a premium. What is the situation in the luxury housing market? Because I would assume that those luxury or larger homes would be something that maybe Marta would be interested in. Yeah, and those will not take off as yet. The higher priced items will take off maybe around April, May, June, because the right now the starter homes are starting to really catch fire and those people are going to move up and then those people are going to move up. So the luxury market hasn't taken off yet. There are some deals to be had in that luxury segment uh, because there isn't a lot of traffic for those right now. And again, that will change. So you have a bit of a window of opportunity to cash in and, and shop for the right deal. This listener asked about investment and and renovations. What types of renovations then would be involved if you're looking for a multifamily property? 
you may want to have a separate entrance. You may want to have a separate, uh, a self-contained unit built. And it could be in the basement. It could be towards uh, the back of the house if it's a back split. So there's a lot of options, putting in a second kitchen, maybe another bathroom. So there's, uh, there's work to be done. Uh, and it could also be an addition to the place. So now there's going to be permits involved in everything. So there's a, there's a lot that is... Uh, open in order to make that your multifamily home and also you're going to be increasing the value so when you do go to sell it now you have a better draw as well for that type of home as a reminder if you have questions for on the market hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com and asif please share your contact information they can always reach me at 416-985-5426. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez for Asif Khan. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.